listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. This is our part two of our interview with Sterling Beckis. In the first episode, we learned about how he got featured in a Lamborghini commercial and what it's like building a Lamborghini Aventador from scratch. In this episode, we're going to be hearing about what it's like being a physicist and what it's like working in the sciences. If you're interested in working in science or in physics specifically, this is a perfect episode because he talks a lot about what it's like in schooling for your education, what you need to know, and what it's like actually working in that field. I don't want to hold it up any longer. So without further ado, here is the episode. Thanks for listening. I think that it's really cool how you started off and you know you didn't do as well in school but then after you really applied yourself and eventually got a phd or would you say that you use a lot from this from your education in what you do today yeah it really depends on the field you're in so you know from my standpoint being in uh, the one of the hard sciences which is mm-hmm. physics um it is it, it's really required mm-hmm. it's very important now that's not to say that you don't have savants out there who, you know, they they see physics and they just get it, right? Mm-hmm. There are people like that, and that's great for them. That's awesome. And, you know, those are some of the uh, smartest people I work with who mm-hmm. are people who went straight into uh, college, maybe uh, graduated very early on and have just done marvelous things. But not all of us are have that ability. Mm-hmm. And I think what the army taught me from, you know, since I wasn't even an adult yet when I joined, it taught me that it's okay to fail, but it's not okay to quit. Mm. So it's really important that if you do fail and you should fail because it's really important um, to understand what happens when, when things don't go the way that they should that you pick yourself up and you learn from the experiment or experience and you don't repeat it. Mm-hmm. So the more you fail and the more that you learn about, you know, that process, I think is what really allows you to crawl out of a deep hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it helps you further down the road in life. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying you should go out and, be an idiot and do stupid things. I mean, that's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's, you know, it's, it's okay to try your guts out and fail, but learn from the, learn from the situation. And, and that's what we do in science because not every experiment we, we do very, very few experiments that we do actually are successful. Mm. They usually are failures. But we've actually taken something away from that experiment, and then we go, hmm, yeah, that didn't work. So we're going to have to try something different here. And so we may go back and look at first principles and 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 do our math and our science and and say, okay, we're going to try it this time, and we're going to do it this way instead. So that's kind of the process. And and I would say that back to your original question was, does it help with this project? Well, of course it does. I mean, understanding mathematics, trigonometry, um, material science, all of that kind of stuff helps when you're building a vehicle, Mm -hmm. right? So 
but do you need to be an expert in those fields? Absolutely not. You know, you need to have a working knowledge. And for some people, it's they don't need to go to college or university. Okay. You know, I did trade school when I was younger. And that was that was fun. I had I had a good time at that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it kind of limits your opportunities, but that's okay. Um, and then there's some people who go into the trades. And that's the other thing that we want to use this project for is to show people, look, they need welders. Welders are, they make good money. They have a good life. Um, it's, it's a very skilled uh, trade. Mm-hmm. So the point is, is that we don't want to say, you need to go to university or you need to go to college. Mm-hmm. No, you need to get educated. However you decide to do that is what's going to help you in life. But get educated. Great. And I found it really interesting also how you got into this field, which is that you saw what some other people were doing and you thought that it seemed cool and wanted to get into it. So would you say like it's difficult to start in the science field without much background since you said that you were doing drafting earlier? You know, what is your advice to somebody that wants to just start going into this field without much prior knowledge? Uh, it's it's going to be a hard road. You know, it's, it's not all sunshine and puppy dogs. Hmm. So uh, it's going to take some time and it's going to take hard work. Um, like I said, for me, it was, I was struggling and swimming upstream most of the time, Mm -hmm. trying to cover from my earlier failures. And so, but if you have passion for what you want to do, if you have the drive, that's makes what makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. So do something that you really, really are passionate about that you like doing, you know, if you like computers, do computer science. If you like, you know, video games, there's lots of opportunity for people to develop video games and do software and things of that nature. You know, there's there's lots of opportunity out there, but you got to kind of make it for yourself. And you've got to get educated so that you can compete in uh, the job market for those types of, of uh, 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 careers. Mm. So how would you say that you could go into this maybe like, after you've done all your schooling and you know this is what you want to do, what was your advice to enter the job market in this industry? Well, to, to enter the job market in general, um, and, and really doesn't matter what industry you're in, um, you have to know the job you want, okay? And so you have to do your research. So you have to find out about what does this company do? What product do they produce? Where might I be able to help them with their product? And then after that, identify who are the decision makers? Who are the people who uh, hire uh, for certain jobs? Get, you know, do, your, do your homework. If you do your homework, finding a job is much, much easier. Mm. So uh, I want to shift the focus now to your own personal job and what that is kind of like. So what is your schedule like on a daily basis? 
So I start work pretty early in the morning. I get up around 5 a.m. and then I'm at work by 6 or 6.30. And I work probably till 4 or 5 p.m. Um, and it's not like I'm just going there and watching the clock. I actually really enjoy my job. Mm. And um, so, you know, most of the time I'm doing some pretty hardcore optical physics mm-hmm. and trying to figure out... Um, new laser technologies that we can use as a company uh, to be able to a sell and beat the competition out when we do sell. So that's a typical day for me. And then the other thing that I do is I solve problems. So in most companies, when you're producing a product, you run into problems. And so a lot of those problems can be solved by engineering or different parts or things of that nature, but some of them have to be solved by physics. Sometimes we, you know, we started on a project and the physics is wrong or we got a part and we ha- there's n- nobody makes a part that we need. And so we have to adapt to that particular part. So it, it's a lot of doing those types of things. I'm, I'm very reactive in my job, you know, kind of boiling in the background is coming up with new laser ideas. But the majority is responding to problems that crop up. Mm. And that's kind of what a lot of physicists do is, is that they are problem solvers mm-hmm. because just love a, a, a difficult problem that somebody has never figured out. Um, it's, it's just, it's kind of the pinnacle of our careers being able to do that. Mm. So yeah, you really like the problem solving aspect of it. Um, yes. So would you say that in the beginning of your career, maybe like during your education, when you couldn't solve a problem and it was really hard, you really liked that aspect of it and you really wanted to find out the answer? That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, graduate school uh, for me uh, back in the early 90s was somewhat difficult because we had an influx of uh Asian students that uh, came over and most of them had already had master's degrees. So they were very, very book smart. Um, You know, they could solve the problems in the books, you know, with their hands tied behind their backs. And in graduate school, you're, you're basically, you're competing against your peers. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't maintain a B average in your courses, they flush you out. Mm -hmm. And so you do have to keep up, with uh, your peers, um, and in some senses, you have to exceed what they do in order to uh, stay in the program. And uh, so, yeah, that was that was really hard. Um, we uh, we basically what we would do is we would form a study group, um, which where we'd uh, make sure that we had somebody who's incredibly book smart. We'd have somebody who is really creative, and so we just put together a team that allowed us all to learn um, at, a, at a, an accelerated rate. And that worked out really well. Mm. So um, we had gotten the suggestion from a, a, a senior graduate student because that's what they had to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would you say that for your current job right now, uh, what would you say are like some of the easier aspects of it and some of the harder aspects of it because I'm sure that in terms of 
an industry where it's like science there's a lot of formulas and a lot of like equations and things like that that you have to do what would you say are some of the more like easier aspects of the job and also some of the harder aspects i think the easiest aspects are come from experience so you know you 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 you're in a meeting and you hear somebody saying oh we're having this this problem or this trouble and you're like yeah i know exactly how to solve that because it's happened to me before so that's the easiest part of the job and you just kind of you kind of feel you know accomplished because you have the experience and you're able to solve that problem you know mm-hmm. right off the bat mm-hmm. the harder ones are when we have to dig into uh, the physics side that nobody else has done. And so there's no handbook for that. So you have to go through it yourself and, and you come up with, uh, answers to your problems and you're just like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work, you know, and Mm -hmm. figure out why that is. And, um, sometimes you have to go back to basics. So having a strong base in science is is really important for um, at the PhD level. So at the PhD level, there so there's there's basically there's three levels, right? There's the bachelor level, which is where a lot of people get their college degree. There's the master's level where people want a little bit of improvement on their bachelors, and then there's the big commitment, which is a PhD. Um, and in the hard sciences and engineering and stuff, that's a serious commitment. Um, it's a lot of hard work mm-hmm. and there's potential for, you know, getting kicked out of school, uh, at any point mm-hmm. that you just grade. So, so, you know, when you're at the bachelor's level, you, uh, you know, you're generally solving problems that have been solved before, but you have to know where the answers are. Mm-hmm. And and that's what you're learning is how do I get those answers? How do I get to those answers? Um, at the master's level, you're, you're starting to say, okay, um, I know where to get those answers, but I've got to make a little tweak to it, and I have to understand what that tweak's going to do. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then at the PhD level, you have to be able to go and learn all on your own and then come up with brand new ideas that others haven't thought of. Wow. And that that's how you distinguish yourself as a PhD. Uh-huh. That's how you become a, a, a recognized scientist mm-hmm. is, is solving problems that have never been solved before. And that's needed because technology moves so quickly. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that level of person out there and a lot of them in order to advance, keep the technology advancing. Now, that obviously is not, uh, it's a, it, 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 I wouldn't say it's a stereotype, but obviously that's just kind of a base hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of people with bachelor's degree that do PhD level work. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of them. So... It's not to say that that somebody with a bachelor's can't do PhD work. That's that's incorrect. Um, they may have experience. They may have um, a much better better understanding of their field 
just because it comes natural to them. So, so that's kind of the thing is, is that, yes, there's a basis hierarchy. However, there's a lot of exceptions to that rule. And I kind of want to shift it from that. So I know that there is a lot of hard work that goes into being successful in this industry. And some traits that you mentioned are that you have to be good at problem solving and you also have to, you know, the base math and sciences. So I was wondering what you thought some other traits that are essential would be to being successful in this field of work. Yeah. In the, in the sciences, it's, it's interesting because, uh, the more trade skill you have, the faster you can move as a scientist. So for instance, um, as a scientist, um, I also know how to machine. I know how to weld. I know how to um, mm. do CNC work on a mill. I know how to do all of these things. And that helps me go much, much faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having, having the trades uh, or at least some of that uh, skill is, is key to uh, being a, a scientist. Um, unless you're a theoretician, so we have plenty of theoreticians and they sit behind their computer all day and, and write on paper and would, wouldn't would know, you know, what a lathe is or what a mill is or don't <laughs> care. Mm-hmm. Um, but from me, I'm an experimentalist. And because I'm an experimentalist, I deal with a lot of um, things I have to make and things I have to build. Um, now, I can have somebody else do that for me. So I can say, oh, hey, you know, Mr. Machinist, I need you to machine this for me. Mm-hmm. Mr. Electrical Engineer, I need this electronics device. Or, you know, and that takes time, right? Mm-hmm. So that takes process and that takes time. If I can actually go into the shop and do it myself, I can get to the answer faster. Mm. So it's it's important, you know, to to go out and work with your father, or your mom, or or your grandpa or your grandma, and and learn those skills that they learned through their lives, mm-hmm. because it will it will be necessary as you move forward in your career. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say your advice is for a teenager? that wants to become a physicist or wants to work in that industry from like a teenager standpoint, what should they do at this age and what can they start doing? Well, first of all, stay in school. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a no, um, you know, learn as much as you can. Don't take on too much. You know, um, if, if you're taking on too much, you're going to stress yourself out and you're not going to uh, enjoy what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of the first thing, you know, take on as much as you can, but don't take on too much. And it's, it's tough balance, especially when you're a teenager and you have no experience. Um, this is where parents are really important. Good parents are, are uh, exceedingly important, important to launch their kids properly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, stay in school. If you want to go do the mechanics apprenticeship, go do that. That's still school. You know, it's still learning. So you don't have to go to college. You don't have to go to university. Um, now, if you want to be a scientist, 
the likelihood that you will have to go to university is near 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of skills and a lot of basics that you have to learn. And the best place to learn that is is at the university. Mm-hmm. Um, and then take some of those trade skills uh, with you. So, you know, work on the car with your 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 mom or dad or whoever, um, you know, mow the lawn, uh, do some manual labor because it will all come to help you, uh, in the long run as a, as a scientist, Wow. Uh, guaranteed. Wow. So what would you say is your advice for someone trying to figure out which kind of science they want to do if they're struggling between, let's say physics or biology or chemistry, how did you know that you wanted to do physics and not something else? Well, if you want to make money, don't go into physics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, making money in physics is is difficult. Wow. Um, It's not impossible, but it it is difficult. Um, I think that engineering is where you can really be successful. Um, and for, for, for physicists, it's more about the solving of problems that is our success, not the monetary, mm-hmm. um, part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bioscience is really hot right now and, and pays really well. Aerospace, um, that pays really well. Problem is, is that they drop you in a black box and, you know, nobody knows about what you're doing or your career. Mm -hmm. So you have to take that into account. Um, But yeah, things that, you know, you want to, if you want to be successful and you measure success as wealth, um, then you probably want to do what makes people's TV better. You know, you want some sort of consumer Mm -hmm. uh, type Mm -hmm. of uh, products to be working on or medicine or things of that nature. Um, you know, I, I can tell you that astrophysicists, they don't make a ton of money, you know, who's paying them? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's government grants, right? Mm-hmm. So it's universities and, you know, they don't have a lot of money. Usually as a, as an academic, you have to scramble, uh, to get grants and, and money. Um, so you're not gonna, you're not gonna get rich doing that, mm-hmm. but it really, it really, depends on how you measure satisfaction, how you measure happiness. Mm-hmm. And people do that in many different ways. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. me personally, you know, I want to be, I want to live comfortably, but I don't want to be wealthy. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, solve problems in my career and, and make an impact on the next generation. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really important for me. Mm-hmm. How do I leave this world? Do I leave it better than I, than I found it? And that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much to Sterling for hopping on and talking to us about what it's like working in the field of science and in the field of physics. If you enjoyed this, please be sure to rate it on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to. And I really hope to see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.